0: it's off to leonard defended by simmons is this the dagger
1: Welcome to another edition of Raptors Pod Table Podcast, Carlin Gay alongside Scott Rafferty, and we are here to talk about one man and one man only. The world has gone crazy since seeing Slim Marcusol in that picture next to a fan. Uh the time off has done Mark well. It seems like he's put down the wine, the rosé, and now he's uh, picked up maybe a stick of celery
0: instead. He looks good. <laughs> he does look good. Time will tell if that's better off for his game or not, but I'm sure we'll get into that.
1: Yeah, one thing's one thing for sure, uh, this break has probably done Marcus all uh, a ton of good, not just in the LB's department, but in terms of just getting his body, you know, back in ch- healthy. Uh, he only played 36 games so far this season. Um I mean, the Raptors did miss him while he was while he was out of the lineup, and even in the games that he did play, very few of them um, did we see signs of the old Marcus. I know, there was a game against you know uh, Milwaukee early in the season where he looked good, um, you know, you know uh, and then and right before he got injured again, again a game against Brooklyn, he looked really good. He went for 17 points, 15 rebounds in that one. Uh, And it almost felt like he was getting back to the Marcos Gasol of But, you know, playing as long as he did last season, a full NBA season, plus the playoffs, plus the World Cup uh, with Spain, winning the World Cup with Spain. He really didn't have an offseason to get his body right. And it seems this, uh, you know, pseudo offseason since the pause in the NBA season has kind of worked out for him in in terms of not just getting slim, but maybe fixing some of those injuries that maybe may have been lingering.
0: Yeah, 100%. And and I think what happened this season is is an encouraging sign of that. Because like you were saying, that stretch at the start of the season before he got injured, he wasn't playing very well. He wasn't the Marcus Sol that we knew of old. Then he missed a bunch of that time. I want to say it was like a month. And then I want to say the first two games that he came back in, uh, one of those games he basically set a career uh, – season high in scoring. Mm-hmm. And I remember Nick Nurse saying that he looked – Fresh like daisies or something like that. <laughs> um, because like you're saying, he, he basically just played for a year straight when you say the finals and then uh, then the FIBA World Cup and stuff like that. So I think he needed that break. And he was playing better in that little stretch. But like you said, he got injured again, which is unfortunate for him. So I think the thing about Marcus he's been around for so long. You know what he's going to bring. He's a really smart player, really good defender, really smart guy on offense, great passer, can stretch the floor out to the three-point line. I'm not sure he's a kind of guy that you have to worry about being ready in the moment. So I think as long as he is healthy, that's all the Raptors need.
1: Yeah, uh, we talk about the first 27 games of the season for Marc Gasol, 6.6 points per game, uh, 3.4 assists, 6.6 rebounds, and he shot under 40% from the field he was actually shooting 36% from the field. There was encouraging signs however. He was shooting 35% from three point range uh, to start the season. But like you said, he, he just didn't look like himself. Um, but I think the two things you can take away from early was the fact that you know that that three point shot was there. It was falling uh, and he, and he was you know able to to kind of still move the ball um and being kind of one of the, the a pseudo point guard in the half court when you know to take some pressure off Lowry and Van Vliet then defensively we know what we're getting out of Marcus.
0: yeah and I think that's the big thing um I, I'm not sure if you heard but on Zach Lowe his podcast recently he was talking about um his old defensive teams for the season and going through the Raptors because they've been one of the best defensive teams in the league this season and he was having a hard time, kind of thinking about which guy, if the Raptors do have someone on the old old defense team, who who should be? And because he basically said, like, everyone on that team is like an A minus defender, and when you have a bunch of A minus defenders, you can do all the things that they can because everyone is so smart. You can switch and everything. But what was interesting to me is that he said he he asked a bunch of assistant coaches, I think it was, who is the most valuable defender on the Raptors? Um, and he said a lot of them said Marcus Gasol, just because of the way that he organizes the defense. I mean, we saw it last year, what he brought to the table, not only shutting down Nikola Vucevic um, and Joel Embiid in the first couple of rounds, but even against the Bucs. Do you know what I mean? And I thought he was really going to struggle in that series because of, of Brook Lopez and his ability to stretch the floor because that would take him away from the paint where he's at his best. But he's just so smart. He knows where to position himself. He knows what to do. He organizes everyone. And the numbers back it up this season. Um, according to NBA.com, the Raptors are six points per 100 possessions better defensively with him on the court. There are four guys on the team who have, who have a better different, differential in that regard, but none of them play. It's it's Malcolm Miller it's O'Shea Brissett, it's Stanley Johnson and Paul Watson. Right, um, And obviously, you know, that's not just a reflection of Marcus Gasol because you have four other guys on the court and everything. But I do think that kind of does speak to, to what he brings to this Raptors team and how important he still is, even at age 35 defensively.
1: Yeah, he, he's still doing it uh, at, a, at a high level, uh, given his quote-unquote advanced age i'm not gonna kill him for his age because there's a lot of listeners out there that uh, are in the same age range and, and probably still feel young and spry um in the nine games or the eight games rather that he did play after the injury when you were talking about how uh, you know uh, nick nurse made mention of him looking spry listen to his offensive rating in those eight games 136 Offensive rating Jeez. for Marcus All. He was bringing it. He was. Uh, he was. He wasn't putting up big time numbers, but the impact on the floor was certainly felt. And the Raptors he, he were didn't lose a single game in that eight game stretch, and that was the beginning of them getting on that roll where they reeled off. Uh, I believe it was sixteen straight victories um, in in the middle of the season, and a large part of that had to do with when Marcus All came back into the lineup. It started in OKC, and for him, his his season sort of. Uh, came to a halt in Atlanta, um, or, or sorry, against the Atlanta Hawks uh, in Vince Carter's last game now, actually <laughs> in Toronto. that's the last time we saw VC. Uh, in Toronto. When you, you saw the Raptors live uh, in Atlanta not long after that, but it was a Raptor team um, that didn't have Marcus Sol. Could you tell that there was a difference in their offense when you were seeing them?
0: It's the thing with Gasol. I, I think the, the two big things that you always know that he's going to bring offensively is one. Actually,
1: let me, let me rephrase that. He, he, Gasol actually did play in that game. He was there uh, in that game on the Martin Luther King Day game. I'm, I'm, I'm mistaking the, uh, the, that, that uh, holiday game here in, in the United States for, uh, for the prior game when they were uh, in Atlanta the, the, without Gasol. So here, here he is. He, he's in Atlanta. Um, they win that game. It's obviously the famous game where Trey Young tried to embarrass uh, Fred Van VanVleet with the crossover, but you were there for that game, and, and Gasol was uh, actually in the lineup. So, what did you see out of Mark with him on the floor?
0: Like I was saying, the, the thing for me is that there's there's two things that Mark Gasol is going to bring if nothing else on offense, and one of them is three point shooting, and it's it, it doesn't even matter that he's only making one three a game this season. Um, he's shooting forty percent. He has legit gravity. He's not someone that teams are just going to leave um, when he's on the three point line. So that's super important because if you watch a lot of what happens with the Raptors when he's on the court, you have a guy like Joel Embiid basically face guarding him because he can't leave him wide open. And that creates so much space for other guys to attack the basket um, and cutting lanes and things like that. And, and something else that I wrote about on uh, NBA Canada this week is breaking down a specific set that the Raptors run through Marcus Gasol, which makes use of his gravity because they just park him basically at the three-point line. They give him the ball because he's such a great passer. And again, the combination of him being able to read and react to a defense in a way that, I don't know, two or three other senses in the league can right now, um, plus the spacing he provides as a three-point shooter just makes it so much easier for everyone else. And that's why, like, I mean, across the board, he's having basically the worst season of his career. Right. Um, But he still just has such an important role in this team, the majority of which is his defense because he's still so, so good on that end of the floor. But even if he's not scoring... 15 20 points a game anymore even though he's not a guy who you know you're going to give five or six post-ups per game and things like that just those two things the three-point shooting and the passing to me just make him such a valuable piece on a Raptors team especially that can basically plug and play a variety of guys in different positions because everyone can cut everyone can shoot everyone can pass um, because he's just a smart player and he plays winning basketball it sounds like a cliche but I, I do think that's the best way to describe it.
1: it's crazy when you when you think about Marcus All. you think about how good he is defensively and you just assume that you know playing in Memphis that was you know built around his defense and, and that grit and grind of basketball I just assume that Marc Gasol made so many more defensive you know all defensive teams than he did he's only been all defensive team once and that was a year uh he won defensive player of the year which is
0: I, you know insane. and I don't think he got all defensive first team that year which is hilarious I <laughs> want to say it was Tyson Chandler who got it over him which right is, which is ridiculous but it's but yeah insane. it is crazy
1: so he does – I mean, he doesn't put up the big blocks uh, as some of these other great defenders, you know, Rudy Gobert and, uh, you know, Hassan Whiteside this season. He's not putting up, you know, two and three blocks a game. I think his career high is 1.9, um, and this season he's under a block per game. But positionally, he's still one of the best in the league, and he's still able to find himself in, in good situations. Um, and and that kind of brings up a bitter, a bigger conversation about the Raptors as a whole when you talk about – them on the defensive end, because they didn't slip much without Gasol on the defensive end this season, um, when when you're talking about, you know, the games that he missed, they still were able to to bring forth a formidable defense, but to to, to compete at a championship level, they're probably going to have to have Marcus Gasol in the lineup.
0: I agree with that. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely do. And I think, you know, again, you look at guys like Nikola Vucevic. I mean, I think the Raptors would beat the Magic, even if they didn't have Mark Gasol, but... Right if they play the Philadelphia 76ers, I don't think they have an answer for Joel Embiid if, if Mark Sall doesn't play. And that, that's a huge factor because if you can't suddenly defend him one-on-one, then you've got to crash down on him. And even though Joel Embiid is not the best passer, he can find an open guy and suddenly you're scrambling and things like that. So I think, I, I agree with you. I think that he, they absolutely need him to make a deep playoff run um, for those matchups specifically, but he's also just the smartest defender at that position. And that's no offense to Sergio Baku, who's a great defender. Um, but Marcus is just at another level, even at this current age. Um, so I, I definitely do think they need him, and that's not even taking into account of the offense either.
1: Yeah, Serge Ibaka has done a, a great job, you know, filling in for for Marcus uh, especially on the defensive, end this season, uh, which leads us into the conversation uh, about the off season. Um, you know, Marcus Sewell, who's he's he's a, one of those Raptors that. <laughs> he's going to be looking to get paid. Um, you know, it, this potentially probably is the last contract uh, of his career that he's going to really be able to make big money on and, and really fulfill the contract uh, at a high level. Age 35 um, he's entering free agency. That's going to be insane uh, because we have no idea what the cap's going to look like. We have no idea uh, if there's even going to be suitors out there. You assume that a guy, the caliber of Marcus is going to have suitors. Um, but he'll be a free agent. Uh, and you know the Raptors, I, I would assume, like to keep him in the fold, especially seeing as uh, you don't know what the rest of the free agent pool will be. And there's no, real, there's no real next logical replacement. Chris Boucher has had a nice season. He's not Marc Gasol. Serge Ibaka has had a great season, but the pairing of him and Gasol is what, what makes the Raptors special. So what should the Raptors do heading into this offseason with Marcus Gasol, who, again, is going
0: to be age 35? Ultimately, I think, and I think this is the same thing for Ibaka and Fred Van Bleep, by the way. I, I ultimately think they all just sign at least a one-year contract and run it back. Um, for Gasol specifically, I think just the fact that he's missed so many games this season with injury, um, and given his age, I, I think it's going to – I don't know if there's a team out there that's going to offer him a big contract um coming off the season I think there's going to be teams that are interested in him um, and we we can talk about that a little bit I know we've discussed potential destinations for him as a free agent and the one team that comes to mind is the Clippers just because mm-hmm. if you can sign a Marc Gasol to a to a relatively cheap contract and put him next I mean we already saw him next to Kawhi but if you can have a lineup with Patrick Beverly Kawhi Leonard Paul George and Marcus Gasol I mean that that can stop absolutely anyone in the league Um, The Boston Celtics, another potential destination for him. But if he's going to go to those places, he's not getting much money. So I think ultimately, I imagine he would re-sign. I I, kind of just think he's going to re-sign with the Raptors um, to a pretty good deal. And then that gives him an opportunity to prove himself again next season, get healthy, and then maybe he signs, I don't know, a two-year bigger contract with the team next season. Um, I mean, mean, what do you think? Do you think that's fair? I
1: I honestly... So first and foremost... I don't know what it is about Mark. Maybe it's the fact that the Raptors have always had Spanish, you know, international players come through her at Garbarosa, you know, Jose Calderon, the list goes on. Um, Or the fact that he won a championship with the Raptors, but he feels like a Raptor to me. Like it would feel weird seeing him in a different uniform. uh, If he does leave the Raptors and he's, he's hasn't even been there for a full season yet. This will be his first full season. In Toronto, and he he barely you know he barely played anything. If he does show up for the last eight games uh, of the season, he's just going to be just playing over half the amount of games of a, of a regular eighty-two game year. Uh, he, he feels like a raptor. So f- for me, I think it it would be weird if I saw him on a different team, and I expect the, the front office to try and keep him in the fold. Um, if not, you know, to, to maybe he he finds a you know Nick Nurse finds another. Uh, way to kind of reduce some of his minutes. I know this season he had been starting, but he's playing you know close to twenty eight minutes per game last year when he did show up and, and you know was trying to get in the swing of things. He was playing about twenty five minutes per game. Uh, Ro- Roshan Osterovich, uh, who finished his career pretty much with the Raptors, um, you know he he was he was the starter uh, on that Raptors team next to Chris Bosh, uh, and you know for for a lot of years he kind of went you know persona non grata uh, with the Raptors and he was playing about 20 minutes a game um, but he was playing every game he was there Now, granted he was a little bit younger than Gasol but his athleticism probably was around the same um, and and I I could see soul fitting into that same sort of role where he starts the game, maybe you finish the game with him depending on matchups maybe he plays a little bit more depending on the matchup but he'll probably end up being around 20-24 minutes a game and I think that that's what he would want. I don't know that I know. I understand the Clippers want a big and Celtics want a big and uh, he can go somewhere else. But as you said, he's probably making less money. Why not stay somewhere where you're comfortable, where you you have the system uh, down pat, where you know, they're going to use you on offense and you know that you're an important piece on the defensive end. Even if your, your minutes are being reduced, I, I would, you know, see him staying in Toronto um, but you know he's a valuable piece, and, and really and truly could probably end up anywhere in the league and, and contribute at a high level, at least for a season and a half, we'll call it. I, I don't know if he's he's given you two full seasons, um, but then again, you know guys are getting older, and, and Gasol, Powell, his brother, Pau, uh, played yeah. well, you know, in, in San Antonio for for a couple of years there, even though he's he's now bounced around and potentially retiring.
0: I will, I will say the thing that Gasol has going for him. We we've already kind of talked about this, but I, I just think I, I could even see him age 37, 38, because of the things that he does well right now, which again, his shooting probably isn't going away. His passing probably isn't going away. And even though he might lose a step on defense, he's still so long and so smart that he can make an impact in in that regard. So I think, you know, if the Raptors did sign him to a one or two year contract, and like you're saying, he plays 20, 25 minutes a game, I think he's going to have a role on the team. Whereas if you compare him to like Serge Ibaka, right? If Serge Ibaka loses a step on offense, for example, or can't quite be at the level that he was this season, I think he loses a lot more value than like Gasol does by taking a similar step down. Right. Um, just because the, the assets, the, all the things that he does have in his game just translates more. Like it's easier to build around, uh, build lineups around, add players around him, and things like that. Um, so I, I do think his, his game will age pretty gracefully um, even though, again, I mean, you look at his numbers this season, they're terrible. But I, I don't think that's – a. Re- I, I think he's actually played um, – that second stint, he played pretty well. And I think the first – the start of the season, can would be chalked up to him just having zero rest and probably just being burned out.
1: Yeah, he was exhausted. That's that's yeah. what it comes down to for me. He was absolutely exhausted. The one thing – his numbers are laughable. Uh, the one thing I would say about him is that, you know, the three-point number there is is pretty – um, you know, encouraging to see that he was able to shoot forty percent from three point range in that short sample size of thirty six games. Uh, I don't expect him to do that in the playoffs. Um, you know, I expect that number probably to fall a little bit more as teams sort of figure out a way to game plan. But I also don't expect him to to shoot as poorly as he did at some points in the playoffs last year. Uh, you know, so thirty eight percent is what he finished with last year. But there were some times where. Uh, you know he couldn't really find he couldn't really find the range, and or he was reluctant to shoot, which is even worse. Um, That's the big know. thing with him, I think. Yeah, and he can't do that now with Kawhi Leonard not you know not around. So um, I, I, I do I do expect him to be a key piece to what the Raptors do uh, in in the in the postseason this year, um, and then going forward, we'll see see what we can get. Like in, in the series against the Philadelphia seventy sixers. Gasol shot thirty-two percent from from three. Um, you know, that's just not that's just not gonna cut it. Uh, especially if you're you're trying to force Joel Embiid to, to guard be away from the basket and guard away from the basket if he's not guarding Siakam this year. Um, and then he picked it up in 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 Milwaukee, and that's when he really started to see a turnaround for the Raptors offense, is when he started being forceful and started taking those threes. Again in the finals, he didn't he shot thirty-two percent. So it was up and down for him, um, and and kind of reluctant uh, as a, as a shooter, depending on the matchup. So I, I hope that uh, you know the Raptors don't see that with him, that growing pain with him throughout this this postseason. Um, and you know, if, if Gasol's doesn't have to be super aggressive in terms of looking for a shot, but if it's there, he, he better start taking it.
0: He, I will say, he he had a tendency to show up when the Raptors needed him the most in the playoffs last year, because I remember. I want to say it was game three against the Bucks. There was all that talk leading up to that game about the Raptors changing the starting five and getting Gasol out right. of there because he was basically just pump faking with nobody around him and he, he was turning down shots. And I want to say he had a double-double in that game, made, came up big in the first quarter, um, I think it was. So he had a way of, of showing up when they needed him most. Um, by the way, do you want to guess what Gasol's three-point attempt rate is this season, which is the percentage of his field goals out of threes? It's much like, higher than I thought it was. I knew he was shooting mainly 18? threes this season. uh It's fifty four percent of his field goal attempts Ooh. are threes this season. So that is up, believe it or not, from twenty seven point eight percent in the games he played last season with the Raptors. Which is that's crazy.
1: Yeah, that's a um, lot. that's a huge jump. Uh, so you know he's taking them. That's that's a positive sign, and he's, he's yeah. they're going to be there for him in the playoffs um so yeah here we go the playoffs are around the corner July 31st is when the regular season is set to resume tentatively of course we still have some you know I's and T's to cross off and the I's to dot um but the Raptors eight games left in the regular year we've seen Gasol now looking slim and trim what do you think uh you know you need to see out of Marcus Gasol to, to, to show you that he is back and, and closer to the guy that we saw after the injury versus the guy we saw at the beginning of the
0: season I mean, I think it's that. It's, you could tell right from the get-go when he came back from that first injury that he had a bit more pep in his step. He was being more aggressive, looking for a shot, making plays happen. And again, I, I, the Raptors don't need Marcus Gasol to be you know, playing like he's an all-star again. He, he's not the guy taking 15 shots a game anymore. But I do think, like you're saying, he can't show up and be afraid, like turn down open threes. Um, he, they, they still do need him. I think if they're going to go far in the playoffs, they don't only need him to be you know, the presence that he is defensively, but they need him to be aggressive offensively to the point where teams have to account for him. Because when that happens, everything else it feels like falls into place. At least it did last season in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think, uh, you know, the Raptors have done a good job of kind of weathering the storm without Marc Gasol for a large part of the season and a lot of other players, quite, quite frankly. Uh, but the best version of the Raptors and the best way they're going to be able to defend their title is if they're able to, to actually have a complete roster, and uh, hopefully this kind of worked out for them in terms of this, uh, you know, unexpected break. So we'll see what happens with them when they get back on the floor, July thirty first. You can keep it locked uh, right here on Raptors Pod Table Podcast. We will have you covered with the season coming up. That means we're going to be ramping up podcasts, so we'll have more and more. Uh, you know, the, still the weekly podcasts, and then also some post game stuff. Um, you know, right after games, some post-game uh, you know podcasts are going to be out there as well. And keep it locked to NBA.com, Scott and I, uh, and a bunch of others, Mike Adams and, and Alex Novick and a slew of others cover the Raptors wall-to-wall for NBA.com, ca.mba.com. If you're outside of Canada, you can go there, Raptor coverage, wall-to-wall, and also just coverage around the NBA. As Scott mentioned earlier, he wrote an article about Marcus' All's passing. It's up there. It's fresh. You can read it right now. And we will have a ton more Raptor coverage uh, coming up as we leave till July 31st. For Scott Rafferty, I am Carlin Gay. We will see you next time right here on the Raptors Pod Table Podcast.
0: Get that garbage out of here!